Hi there, this is the Reverend Michael Lowry, pastor of East Congregational United Church of Christ in Concord, New Hampshire, and this is Love to Tell the Story. It's happening right about now in just about every congregation I know of, including my own, Stewardship Sunday. Now, if you ask just about any pastor who's been serving a church for very long, odds are they will be able to tell you their own stories of the particular challenges that come with this yearly tradition of congregational life. From the well-meaning saint who pulls him or her aside and gently and with all Christian love, warns against ever talking about money from the pulpit because people won't like it. To the irate parishioner who, like clockwork every November, angrily threatens to leave the church because of the constant dunning letters they've received. I even remember one church member, early on in my ministry, who quite literally shook a finger at me and accused me of levying a yearly pew tax that they would be refusing to pay. This just before walking out the door in protest. Trust me, friends, when you're a minister, this just goes with the territory. On the other hand, however, I can also say that most pastors, myself included, can also tell you stewardship stories that are filled with joy, grace, and with great reminders that God does indeed work in mysterious and in wonderful ways. I remember, for instance, once many years ago in a former parish when the time had come for me to preach my annual stewardship sermon. It had been a difficult year for the church, financially speaking. This was a congregation where almost 80% of our members were somehow connected to or employed by state government. And that year, there had already been massive layoffs of state employees, with more to come in the future. So things were, to say the least, looking pretty grim in the community and, by extension, in the church, to the point where the congregation was just about to make major cuts in the church budget, including all of the mission work we had there and most of the Christian education line items, which would have been truly devastating to the life and mission of that church. So you'll understand why I sought to pour my whole heart and soul into the sermon for that particular morning. Even now, all these years later, I remember how determined I was to pull out all the stops, homiletically speaking. As far as I was concerned, it was now or never I was going to be the pastoral bull in the church china shop, even as I privately wondered if what I was going to be saying could possibly make any difference at all. And the beauty part is it didn't. Despite whatever eloquence I mustered, our budget issues at that church continued. But as it turned out, something else did make that big difference. A few days later, you see, I got this letter in the mail. And inside the envelope, there was only this hastily scrawled, handwritten note carefully wrapped up around... Well, let's just say a rather significant amount of money that was sacrificial in more ways than one. You see, this was money that had been set aside for a family vacation. But the family had decided that the vacation could wait. What was more important now, they thought, was giving something to God so that the church's ministry could continue. 
It was meant to be an anonymous gift, and we honored that request. But whereas the money itself was both generously given and gratefully received, it was the letter that made all the difference. I dare say it changed a vote of the congregation at the church budget meeting. In the end, I guess the members figured that if God's word could inspire one family to take this much of a leap of faith, perhaps they could be inspired to do so as a church. We're told in the epistle of James that every generous act of giving with every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights. In fulfillment of his own purpose, he gave us birth by the word of truth, so that we would become a kind of first fruits of his creatures. That's from the first chapter. I've always loved those verses, as well as the ones that immediately follow it. That verse from chapter 1, verse 22, about being doers of the word and not merely hearers, because they serve as reminders to us that our Christian faith is not merely concerned with matters of head and heart, but also in how that faith becomes a way of life for us, a life lived in holiness, purity, and charity. To put it another way, so often it's not whether we know that which is good and pure and holy that creates the problem for us. Inevitably, the issue seems to be how we do it in real time. It's important to note, you know, that Jesus never asked any of his followers, do you agree with me? Nor did he ever inquire if what he was saying and teaching sounded reasonable to them, if they could kind of go along. This was because Jesus was seeking discipleship, not mere philosophical agreement. It was never about, do you agree? It was always about, will you follow? And just as importantly, what does this following mean for the rest of our lives and living? On Stewardship Sunday, and ultimately on every day that follows, you and I are being asked the same questions. As I said before, it's coming up in most of our churches, Stewardship Sunday. And right about now, in our church, every church really, we're wrestling with the concerns that, that we have to face in these strange, uncertain, post-pandemic times. Are things ever going to get back to normal? And what is normal these days? And what about next year's budget? How are we going to pay the bills to keep the church running? And how are we going to maintain and, dare we hope and pray, grow the ministries that we share in Christ's name? The thing is, they're all good and valid questions. And as we ask them yet again this year, thoughts and opinions will be shared Sermons will be preached, trust me here, and most assuredly, prayers will be prayed. But at the end of the day, when all the words have been spoken and the annual appeal is done for another year, as 2021 becomes 2022, the answers to these questions we've been asking will always come from those whose faith is forever linked with their lives from the ones who hear God's mysterious and wonderful call and respond to it with action. Indeed, as James proclaims it, they and the whole church of Jesus Christ will be blessed in their doing. Hey, 
And that brings us to the close of another episode of Love to Tell the Story. I'm Michael Lowry, and I thank you for listening today. And until next time, stay safe, be well, and may God bless you with a great day every day. We'll talk to you soon.